Chapter Nine of One Hundred Years in Yosemite by Carl Parcher Russell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine: East Side Mining Excitement. Frequently each summer, those who climb to the Sierra Crest within the Yosemite National Park come upon the remains of little cities near the mountain tops because the story of these deserted towns now within the boundaries of the park is so interwoven with the story of mono mining affairs in general this chapter will of necessity take some account of the events of the mono basin immediately east of yosemite the first white men to visit the mono country were undoubtedly the american trappers followed shortly afterward by the explorers and immigrants the first records of mineral finds in this region however are those that pertain to lieutenant treadwell moore's indian fighting expedition to the yosemite in june eighteen fifty two which crossed the sierra at the northern mono pass and brought back samples of gold ore the miners who soon followed and with a few others continued to work in the mono region were apparently unthought of by their former associates west of the sierra john b trask in his report on mines and mining in california made to the legislature of california in eighteen fifty five says in my report of last year it was stated that the placer ranges were at that time known to extend nearly to the summit ridge of the mountains but this year it has been ascertained that they pass beyond the ridge and are now found on the eastern declivity having nearly the same altitude as those occurring on the opposite side within the past season many of these deposits have been examined and thus far are found to be equally productive with those of similar ranges to the west and with a favorable season ensuing they will be largely occupied it is probable that trask's statements were based on reports of the work done by lee vining's party at any rate in eighteen fifty seven it became known among the miners of the mother lode that rich deposits had been found at dogtown and monoville and a rush from the tuolumne mines resulted the mono trail from big oak flat through tamarack flat tenaya lake tuolumne meadows and bloody canyon following in general an old indian route was blazed at this time and came into great use the sonora pass route was used also and it was over this trail that the discoverer of the famous bodie district later to become the center of all mono mining made his way it is not my purpose however to write the history of mono county or even to make this a lengthy story of mono mining camps rather would i present a concise account of the origin of the relics found by sierra enthusiasts and incidentally tell something about the astonishing town of bodie the name tioga and the beautiful region which its mention suggests are now familiar to thousands who annually drive over the route that bisects yosemite national park the original location of the mineral deposit now known as the tioga mine was made in eighteen sixty consequently it is here that our present chronicle of yosemite summit events should begin in eighteen seventy four william brusky a prospector came upon a prospect hole shovel pick and an obliterated notice at this place the notice indicated that the mine had been located as the sheep herder in eighteen sixty it was presumed by brusky that the original locators were returning to mariposa or tuolumne from mono diggings bodie or aurora when they made the find 
he flattered the claim by supposing that the original locators probably perished as it is not likely that they would abandon so promising a claim he relocated it as the sheep herder in 1878, E.B. Burdick, Samuel Baker, and W.J. Bevan organized the Tioga District. Most of the mines were owned by men of Sonora, although some eastern capital was interested. The district extended from King's Ranch at the foot of Bloody Canyon, over the summit of the Sierra, and down the Tuolumne River to Lembert's Soda Springs. It was eight miles in extent from north to south at one time there were three hundred and fifty locations in the district bennettville now called tioga was headquarters for the great sierra mining company offices which concern was operating the old sheepherder as the tioga mine the company apparently suffered from no lack of funds and operations were launched on a grand scale great quantities of supplies and equipment were packed into the camp at enormous expenditure of labor and money at first the place was accessible only via the bloody canyon trail and mexican packers contracted to keep their pack animals active on this spectacular mountain highway a trail was then built from the busy camp of lundy and that new route to tioga proved most valuable the homer mining index of march fourth eighteen eighty two describes the packing of heavy machinery up four thousand feet of mountainside to tioga in winter the transportation of sixteen thousand pounds of machinery across one of the highest and most rugged branches of the sierra nevada mountains in midwinter where no roads exist over vast fields and huge embankments of yielding snow and in the face of furious windstorms laden with drifting snow and the mercury dancing attendance on zero is a task calculated to appall the sturdiest mountaineer and yet j c kemp manager of the great sierra consolidated silver company of tioga is now engaged in such an undertaking and with every prospect of perfect success at an early day so complete has been the arrangement of details and so intelligently directed is every movement the first ascent from mill creek to the mouth of lake canyon is nine hundred and ninety feet almost perpendicular from that point to the south end of Lake Oneida, a distance of about two miles, is a rise of 845 feet, most of it in two hills aggregating half a mile in distance. The machinery will probably be hoisted straight up to the summit of Mount Warren Ridge from the southwest shore of Lake Oneida, an almost vertical rise of 2,160 feet from the summit the descent will be made to saddlebags lake thence down to and along levining creek to the gap or pass in the dividing ridge between levining and slate creeks and from that point to tunnel a distance of about one mile is a rise of about eight hundred feet most of it in the first quarter of a mile the machinery consists of an engine boiler air compressor ingersoll drills iron pipes etc for use in driving the great sierra tunnel it is being transported in six heavy sleds admirably constructed of hardwood another or rather a pair of bobsleds accompanies the expedition the latter being laden with bedding provisions cooking utensils etc the heaviest load is four thousand two hundred pounds ten or twelve men two mules four thousand five hundred feet of one inch manila rope 
heavy double block and tackle and all the available trees along the route are employed in snaking the machinery up the mountain the whole being under the immediate supervision of mr kemp who remains at the front and personally directs every movement it is expected that all the sleds will be got up into lake canyon to-day and then the work will be pushed day and night with two shifts of men meantime the tunnel is being driven day and night with three shifts of men under jeff mcclelland such difficulties prompted the great sierra mining company to construct the tioga road that they might bring their machinery in from the west side of the sierra the road was completed in eighteen eighty three at a cost of sixty four thousand dollars in eighteen eighty four one of those financial disasters which always seem to play a part in mining camp history overtook the great sierra mining company and all work was dropped records show that three hundred thousand dollars was expended at tioga and there is no evidence that their ore was ever milled persons who have climbed into that interesting summit region above gaylor lakes have no doubt pondered over the origin of the picturesque village of long deserted rock cabins clustered about a deep mine shaft this is the mount dana summit mine one of the important locations of the tioga district its owners were determined to operate in winter as well as in summer in the homer mining index lundy of october thirty eighteen eighty we are told that the superintendent of this mine visited lundy and employed skilled miners to spend the winter there in december of the same year one of them descended to bodie to obtain money with which to pay those miners he got tripped up on bodie whiskey and was drunk for weeks some of the miners returned to lundy from the summit mine the distance is but seven miles but they were two days making the trip and suffered many hardships later f w pike took charge of the summit mine but no record appears to have been handed down of the final demise of the camp another camp of the main range of the sierra that received much notice and actually produced great wealth was lundy situated but a few miles north of tioga prior to eighteen seventy nine w j lundy was operating a sawmill at the head of lundy lake his product helped to supply bodie's enormous demand for timber in the spring of eighteen seventy nine william d wasson took his family to mill canyon near lundy lake and engaged in prospecting he was followed by c h nye and l l homer who located rich veins of ore j t mcclinton of bodie investigated and was persuaded by what he found to bring capital to the new camp at once homer district was organized at wasson's residence at immigrant flat in mill creek canyon september fifteenth eighteen seventy nine prior to this time the region was included in the tioga district but because the books of the tioga recorder were kept at an inconvenient point a new district was formed l l homer for whom the district was named bowed down by financial troubles committed suicide in san francisco a few months later it is worthy of mention that in eighteen eighty one the sierra telegraph company extended its line from lundy to yosemite valley where it made connection with streets line to sonora a trail was built from tioga over the divide from lee vining canyon into lake canyon thence down mill creek canyon to lundy in eighteen eighty one archie leonard renowned as a yosemite guide and ranger put on a ten-horse saddle train between lundy and yosemite 
the trip was made in a day and a half and the fare was eight dollars one way reports of the state mining bureau indicate that something like three million dollars was taken from the may lundy mine the town of lundy proved to be substantial for many years and the homer mining index printed there is the best of all the newspapers that were produced in the ephemeral camps of mono something of the spirit of mining camp journalism may be gathered from the following note taken from a december eighteen fifty number of the index the index wears a cadaverous aspect this week it is the unavoidable result of a concatenation of congruous circumstances the boss was gone to bodie on special business the devil has been taking medicine so that his work at the case has been spasmodic and jerky the printing office is open on all sides and the snow flies in wherever it pleases in the morning everything is frozen solid then we thaw things out and the whole concern is deluged with drippings it is hard to set type under such conditions when the office is dry it is too cold to work when it is warm the printer needs gum boots and oilskins in fact it has been a hell of a job to get this paper out like the other camps lundy is now defunct the may lundy mine has not operated for some years and the building of a dam has raised lundy lake so that a part of the town site is submerged another old camp that many yosemite fishermen and hikers come upon is the aggregation of dwellings about the golden crown at the very head of bloody canyon within mono pass are to be found sturdily built log cabins in various stages of decay from the homer mining index it has been possible to glean occasional bits of information regarding this old camp it is stated in an eighteen eighty number of the index that fuller and Haight or hoyt discovered large ledges of antimonial silver there in eighteen seventy nine the mammoth city herald of september three eighteen seventy nine contains a glowing account of the wealth to be obtained from the golden crown as the mine was christened and predicts that thousands of men will be working at the head of bloody canyon within one year the mammoth city herald of august twenty seventh eighteen seventy nine under the heading something besides pleasure in store for yosemite tourists contains an enthusiastic letter regarding these prospects when one observes the great number of mining claims staked out throughout the summit region about white mountain mount dana mount gibbs and kuna peak it is not surprising to learn that some yosemite valley businessmen ventured to engage in the gamble albert snow proprietor of the famous la casa nevada between vernal and nevada falls owned a mine in parker canyon and a g black of black's hotel owned the mary b mine on mount dana some twenty miles south of the tioga district in a high situation quite as spectacular in scenic grandeur as any of the camps of the main range of the sierra was lake district in which mammoth and pine city flourished for a time a very brief time in june of eighteen seventy seven j a parker v n low b s martin and n d smith located mineral deposits on mineral hill at an altitude of eleven thousand feet lake district was organized here that same summer activity was not great until eighteen seventy nine when great riches seemed inevitable and a rush of miners swelled the population of mammoth and pine city 
a mill was built for the reduction of ores that were not in sight and two printing establishment cut each other's throats the mammoth city herald first on the ground and the mammoth city times for a time hope was high j s french built a toll trail from fresno to mammoth city french's saddle trains met the yosemite stages at fresno flats and traveled to bashaw or besor meadows little jackass meadows sheep crossing cargyle meadow red's meadow through mammoth pass and then to mammoth city a distance of fifty-four miles livestock to supply the mammoth markets was driven from fresno flats over this trail also the first winter after propaganda had inveigled capital to take a chance on mammoth all activities persisted through the winter like those hardy men who suffered the hardships of winter on mount dana the inhabitants of mammoth contended with great difficulties after the winter of eighteen seventy nine eighty it became apparent that the mammoth enterprise was unwarranted the mill constructed with such optimism was poorly built had it been mechanically perfect the fate of the camp would have been no better for the expected ore was not forthcoming mammoth was another of those camps which engulfed capital and produced little or nothing in the winter of eighteen eighty eighty one the place closed benton bodie and aurora are quite removed from the area likely to be reached by sierra travelers yet to close this account without some mention of their birth growth and death would be to omit some of the most important affairs of mono mining the first settlement in the region immediately south of mono was made by george w parker who located the adobe meadows in eighteen sixty in eighteen sixty one e c kelty sent black taylor a partner of the discoverer of bodie district to winter some cattle in hot springs valley where he was killed by indians william mcbride entered the region in eighteen fifty three and engaged in ranching float rock was found in october eighteen sixty three by robinson and stewart in the foothills of the white mountains east of benton in february eighteen sixty four these men organized the montgomery district and succeeded in attracting some attention to their find the region flourished for a season but soon declined and became deserted a few very rich deposits existed but there seemed to have been no continuous veins explanation of sketch map of yosemite region discovery in eighteen thirty three the joseph walker party crossed the sierra entering the yosemite national park region from the northeast and approximately following the route shown green creek glen allen present tioga road route several members looked into yosemite valley on a scouting trip from a camp along the merced tuolumne divide the party discovered the big trees tuolumne or merced groves first entry in eighteen forty nine fifty j d savage maintained a trading post and mining camp below yosemite valley at the confluence of the merced and its south fork in the spring of eighteen fifty this station was attacked by indians savage then removed his post to a safer location on mariposa creek in december eighteen fifty indians destroyed this post and murdered those in charge savage had established a branch store on the fresno river and this station was also burned in december eighteen fifty as a result the white settlers organized a volunteer company to punish the indians a camp of five hundred indians was found on a tributary of the san joaquin river the savages were routed 
general mcdougall then authorized organization of the mariposa battalion on march nineteenth eighteen fifty one they set out for yosemite mariposa wawona old inspiration point the battalion's first yosemite valley camp was near bridalvale creek their second was at indian canyon they explored the valley to the vicinity of snow creek falls and the foot of nevada fall later in eighteen fifty one captain bowling and party returned to yosemite to make final disposition of the indians fort miller mariposa wawona after two weeks of scouting they located the indians at tenaya lake via indian canyon the entire tribe was captured and brought to the reservation on the fresno river old chief tenaya was later permitted to take his family back to yosemite other members of his tribe soon ran away to join him in eighteen fifty two eight prospectors entered the valley and two of them were killed by the yosemites as a result regular soldiers from fort miller under lieutenant moore made a third expedition to yosemite they followed the fleeing indians to mono lake tenaya lake soda springs mono pass but captured none of them on moore's return soda springs little yosemite glacier point vicinity wawona to mariposa he exhibited mineral specimens found in the summit region and levining was induced to go to the region to prospect in eighteen fifty three according to bunnell rathy mono indians trailing stolen horses came over the mountains and ended all yosemite indian troubles by virtually exterminating tenaya's band but maria labrador a survivor denied this east side mining excitement in eighteen fifty seven five years after lieutenant moore's findings word reached miners west of the range that rich placers had been found at mono diggings monoville a rush from the tuolumne region followed this excitement lasted but a few years in eighteen sixty the sheepherder mine was located at tioga a prospect hole shovel pick and obliterated notice were found in eighteen seventy four by william brucey who relocated the load the tioga district was organized october eighteen eighteen seventy eight in eighteen fifty nine brodigan doyle garrity and w s bodie had located rich ground at bodie by eighteen seventy nine there were eight thousand people in bodie more than twenty four million dollars has been produced here in eighteen seventy nine the homer district was organized at lundy on ground discovered by c h nye in eighteen eighty two eighty three a wagon road following the old alignment of the present tioga road was built from crocker's to bennettville tioga in order that machinery might be brought up the west slope road construction cost sixty four thousand dollars and approximately another three hundred thousand was spent on development at tioga the mine never produced present-day culture the sketch map also shows the yosemite national park boundary as of nineteen forty six the boundaries at one time included mount ritter and the present devil's postpile national monument cherokee joe found lead ore in a long low granite hill which rises abruptly out of the valley west of the white range and it was here that benton started in eighteen sixty five james larne built the first house and soon the camp became quite populous like the others it attracted a printer and for a time the mono weekly messenger flaunted taunts at neighboring camps and exploited the virtues and possibilities of benton like the others too the camp failed and the printer moved this time to mammoth where he founded the short-lived mammoth city herald 
when in the late seventies the turbulent town of bodie was attaining its reputation as a tough place a newspaper of truckee california quoted the small daughter in a bodie bound family as having offered the following prayer good-bye god i'm going to bodie an editor of one of the several bodie papers rejoined that the little girl had been misquoted what she really said was good by god i'm going to bodie according to accounts printed when excitement at bodie was high the discoverer of the bodie wealth w s bodie came to california on the sloop matthew vassar in eighteen forty eight he had lived in poughkeepsie new york and there left a wife and six children in november eighteen fifty nine bodie garrity doyle taylor and brodigan crossed sonora pass to test the mono possibilities on their way back to the west side of the mountains they dug into placer ground in a gulch on the east side of silver hill one of those now pockmarked hills just above bodie the partners apparently remained on the ground and equipped themselves to work their claims in march eighteen sixty bodie and black taylor went to monoville for supplies and en route were overtaken by a severe snowstorm bodie became exhausted and taylor attempted to carry him but was forced to wrap a blanket around him and leave him taylor returned to their cabin obtained food and then wandered about all night in a vain search for his companion it was not until may that bodie's body was found when it was buried on the west side of the black ridge southwest of the present town taylor's fate has already been mentioned other miners came into the vicinity and at a meeting with e green presiding body mining district was organized subsequent usage changed body to bodie in the summer of eighteen sixty prospectors located lodes a few miles north of bodie that were destined to put the bodie find in the shade for some years to come this was the aurora discovery upon which the esmeralda district organized in eighteen sixty centered aurora forged ahead and became a wildly excited camp but its bloody career was little more than a drunken orgy the rich ores which had induced extravagance and wild speculation disappeared when shafts had been sunk about one hundred feet and the excitement came to a sudden end it is worthy of note that the first board of county supervisors of the county of mono met in aurora june thirteenth eighteen sixty one by eighteen sixty four it was discovered that the camp was some miles within the state of nevada so bridgeport was named the county seat just before the move was made a substantial courthouse had been built in aurora and the old building still stands e a sherman first editor of the esmeralda star of aurora journeyed to the eastern states prior to eighteen sixty three sixty four and took with him a fifty-pound specimen of rich aurora ore this chunk of rock had been sold and resold at mining camp auctions to swell the sanitary fund the civil war red cross thousands of dollars were added to the fund by this one specimen just as had been done through repeated sale of the celebrated austin nevada sack of flour mr sherman met mr davis of the pilgrim society in plymouth massachusetts and exchanged the aurora ore for a piece of plymouth rock this fragment of plymouth rock was brought back to aurora and when the mono county courthouse was built there the plymouth rock fragment was placed in the cornerstone the fifty-pound chunk of aurora ore still may be seen in the plymouth society's venerable museum 
mark twain at one time resided in aurora and engaged in his humorous exaggerations his cabin there which even in eighteen seventy eight when wasson wrote his bodie and esmeralda had become somewhat mythical was recently located and moved to reno nevada where it is now exhibited at any rate an aurora cabin was found which might have been occupied by mark twain one part of the original mark twain cabin certainly did not reach reno according to the mammoth times of december sixth eighteen seventy nine bob howland who had lived with mark twain in aurora returned to their old domicile in eighteen seventy nine and took down the flagpole he had it made into canes which he distributed among his friends the truly important activity in the esmeralda region prompted the building of the sonora pass wagon road the mono county supervisors ordered that road bonds on the sonora and mono road be issued on november five eighteen sixty three the road was projected in eighteen sixty four and opened to travel in eighteen sixty eight bodie in the meantime had not given up the ghost although only a comparatively few miners occupied the camp from its discovery until eighteen seventy seven an average of twenty votes were polled each year in eighteen seventy eight however the bodie mining company made a phenomenally rich strike of gold and silver ore and the entire mining world was startled stock jumped from fifty cents to fifty four dollars a share the news swept all western camps like wildfire and by eighteen seventy nine bodie's crowd and reputation were such that the little girl's prayer of good-bye god i'm going to bodie was representative of the opinion held by contemporaries even w s bodie whose body had mouldered in a rocky grave for nearly twenty years was not undisturbed by the activity in 1871, J.G. McClinton had discovered the forgotten Bodie grave while searching for a horse. He made no move to change the burial site, however, until someone of Bodie's several newspapers launched erroneous reports of the whereabouts of Bodie's remains. In the fall of 1879, McClinton and Joseph Watson exhumed the skeleton, exhibited it to Bodie's motley populace, and then gave it an elaborate burial, not excluding an eloquent address by the Honorable R.D. Ferguson. Now these honored bones occupy a grave that is quite as neglected as the sage-grown niche in which they originally rested, but at least they share a place with the other several hundred dead disposed of in Bodie's forgotten cemetery. To make Bodie's story short, let it suffice to say that for four years the camp maintained the same high-pressure activity. Men mined, milled, played, fought, and hundreds died some fifty companies tunneled into bodie bluff and all but turned it inside out probably twenty-five millions in bullion were conveyed in bodie stagecoaches to the railroad at carson city nevada perhaps an amount almost as great was sunk into the hills by the numerous companies that carried on frenzied activity but produced no wealth only the Standard and the Bodie had proved to be immensely profitable, and in 1881 the stock market went to pieces. Bodie's mines, one after another, closed down. In 1887, the Standard and the Bodie consolidated and operated sanely and profitably for some twenty years longer. But the camp's mad days of wild speculation and excessive living were gone. Gradually, activity ceased and a few years ago the picturesque blocks of frame buildings were consumed by flames. 
to meet the opportunities of 1941, some several hundred people occupied Bodie to salvage minerals from her old mine dumps, but there was little progress in rebuilding the town. It is interesting to note, however, that the Bodie Miners Union Hall of the 70s still stands. Within it, Mr. and Mrs. D. V. Kane have exhibited the relics of Bodie's boom days. End of chapter 9